Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quick weather update. I have not complained about the weather here in Pennsylvania for a while. The reason for that is that we have had a very mild, very pleasant fall, and I would really just feel like a heel complaining about it. But we are in the Northeast. We are officially into winter at this point, and there's simply no escaping it, apparently. Uh, Because this morning when I took my son to school, it was a mild and balmy 16 degrees. And it took about 15 minutes of the car running for the ice or the frost on the windshield to dissipate enough for me to drive. So like I said, there's no avoiding it, and apparently it is here. So it looks like the mild weather is getting ready to leave us. Um, it's Again, it's been very nice. Uh, we've had warm days. We went out and did things for Halloween. We did things at Thanksgiving with the family. Uh, we have actually done a couple of things up here in Pennsylvania for Christmas where we were walking around during the day without a coat on. Now, the things we've done for Christmas up here, we have had long sleeve t-shirts and flannel shirts on over top of that. But in Pennsylvania in December, if you can go out without a heavy winter coat, it's a very nice day. So again, I hate to complain about it, uh, but there's your weather report. We are still in the frozen north. Winter is back and we're not even going to get a white Christmas out of it. It's just going to be cold. So best of both worlds. All right, but moving on to today's topic, I am not sure how the algorithm for Facebook works, but for some reason, the past week and a half, Facebook has decided that what I want to see most in this world is videos of vegans explaining why they're just the best people that have ever walked the planet and the rest of us animal-killing maniacs need to either get in line or go jump off a cliff somewhere. I got seven or eight videos before I actually watched one. Now I understand that once I watch a video, the algorithm really kicks into high gear. So now I'm getting just a pretty steady stream of vegans telling me what a horrible person I am. And I would like to talk about vegans and vegetarians for just a few minutes and dispel some of the myths that these people seem to believe. Now, vegetarians really aren't on my hit list for this. Uh, They're getting lumped in with the vegans. Uh, I apologize because most of the time the vegans or the vegetarians, they just, that's what they eat and they're not throwing it in your face and they're not shoving it down your throat. Vegans, however, are a little bit of a different breed. I feel like every single person in this country has had an instance where they were having a conversation with a group of people and somebody outside of that conversation overhears you talking about uh, a good steak you had at a restaurant or you know the pork roast you cooked for supper on Sunday, and they've got to jump in and explain to you that they're vegan and they don't eat meat because they just don't feel that an animal should have to die for them to have a meal. And again, they're not part of that conversation. They inserted themselves into that so that they could explain what a wonderful person they are. That drives me insane. A lot of people won't say it because, I don't know, vegans have somehow, it's like they're a minority somehow. They have got protective status. People don't attack them the way that they deserve to be attacked. And I I don't mean that I want to attack vegans just because they're vegan. These are some of the smarmiest, most arrogant people that are walking the face of the planet right now. And their attitude toward everybody else just infuriates me. But I would like to burst the bubble of the vegan community uh, because there are a lot of things that the vegans believe that just simply are not true. And I don't know if it's just simple ignorance or if they choose to disregard these facts because it would make it more difficult for them to pretend to be superior to everybody else in their world. 
Now, before I launch into this, I want to explain that I don't care if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. What you eat for dinner every night affects my life about the same as what color your socks are. I really don't care. Do what makes you happy. If you feel like you're healthier eating a vegetarian or a vegan diet, knock yourself out. Don't use it as your basis for why I'm a horrible person and you are touched by God's saint of the land because you're really going against the natural order when you choose to be vegan. Uh, Vegetarians do eat some like cheese and dairy products. Vegans shun anything that came from an animal. Whether you want to believe this or not, human beings are primarily carnivores. We evolved to eat other animals. 15,000 years ago, when our ancestors were roaming the land, mostly what they ate was animal flesh. They would gather fruits, nuts, vegetables, but they were not farming at this point, and that was a very small portion of their diet. Plus, if that's the way you're living your life, you can have fruit when fruit is in season. You can eat nuts when they're in season. You can get tubers and ground roots During the spring and summer, you don't get to have that stuff all year long. They were not farming. They did not know how to preserve food very well. They ate things when they were in season. And when you're talking about fruits, vegetables, things like that, that is a very brief window in a very specific part of the year. Our bodies evolved to survive off animal meat almost exclusively with these little bits of vegetable matter thrown in as they came available. And you don't have to have a degree in anthropology or biology to see that that's true. All you have to do is look at the fact that the human body cannot digest cellulose. We simply do not have the enzymes and the bacteria in our digestive system to break down 90% of vegetable matter. Plant cells are made out of cellulose and we cannot digest that. We cannot break that down in any way, shape, or form. It simply passes through us. You used to hear that called roughage. Now they just call it fiber. But basically, when you eat a vegetable, when you eat a carrot, when you eat cabbage, most of that material is just passing through. It's just cruising down the interstate. It goes in one hole, it comes out the other, and your body does nothing but just move it along through your digestive system. Now, there are some nutrients we can get out of that, uh, some vitamins, some minerals, things like that. But for the most part, we cannot do anything with most of the vegetable matter that you consume. That's a big reason why people that go on diets and say, I'm just having salads for the next month, they can't do it. They you know, by the end of the week, they're starving to death and they go get a triple cheeseburger somewhere. It's because their body is not getting the things they need. And your body will take control of your mind at some point and say, listen, dumbass, you're getting something to eat. Another reason people can't stay on salad diets is a lot of people don't realize this. Lettuce has almost zero nutritional value. Lettuce is simply a leaf that we can consume and it will not harm us. It's almost all water. Like I say, we can't digest cellulose anyway, but lettuce in particular has very, very, very little to offer. It is, like I say, it's basically just an edible substance. You can consume it. It won't poison you. It's not giving you anything you need. And people that go on diets, they make these giant salads that's almost 95% iceberg lettuce, and they think, I'm going to lose a lot of weight on this. Well, sure, if that's all you ate, you would lose a crap ton of weight, and you'd lose it quickly. The problem is is that your brain is going to force your body 
to eat something else because it is literally going to be going into panic mode because it is getting almost none of the nutrients it needs to carry out the basic functions of life. A case in point on this, when the Spaniards came to South America, they saw the Aztecs and the Mayans eating maize. They saw how easy it was to grow. It was, it's a very hardy plant. So they took a bunch of seeds back with them to Spain, and there had been some sort of a crop failure. I forget what it was that was failing. But the idea was we can, you know, we'll grow this corn. That'll give the people something to eat. And it did. It gave them plenty to eat. The problem is that they all started developing a nutritional disease called pellagra because the Spanish did not pay attention to one simple fact. Uh, The Aztec and the Mayans would not just eat the maize. They would cook the maize in alkali solution. A lot of times they would take ashes from their uh, cook fires, mix into the water that they were cooking the kernels with. Now, the reason the ash is important is because wood ash is alkaloid in nature. It turns the water into a base. Cooking it in a base solution changes the nature of the kernel. It makes the husk much easier to remove. It softens the husk of the kernel, and it changes the nature of some of the vitamins and nutrients in the kernel itself. Uh, Most specifically, the niacin, the vitamin B in the corn, is bound to hemicellulose, which is part of the structure of the kernel. In that state, we cannot extract the vitamin B from the hemicellulose. Cooking it in an alkaloid solution removes the niacin from the hemicellulose and makes it free for your body to take in and use. So after about six months of people in Spain eating this unprepared maize, they all developed pellagra, which is uh, mostly you see it on the skin. Uh, you'll get lesions. Uh, anything exposed to the sun will discolor. Uh, also just rampant diarrhea. A lot of people died from it. Now, if you get pellagra now... You're not going to die from it. But in the 1600s, when people didn't know what was going on, a lot of people actually died from pellagra from eating corn. Now, you and me eat corn a lot. Well, I do. I, I would assume most people do in the summer because corn on the cob's fantastic. That is not the corn that the Spaniards took back to Spain that the Mayans were eating. The sweet corn that we are eating has underwent a huge amount of selective breeding, genetic modification, if you would like to call it that. That's not what people think when they hear GMO, but you are manipulating the genes of the plant. That's genetic modification. The sweet corn that we're eating is a very different type of corn than what the Mayans had. And we can extract nutrients out of the corn that we're eating now. Again, that is not what the Mayans were eating, and that's not what the Spaniards were starving to death on. Another reason that plants make a very bad nutritional source Our bodies need, there's four specific amino acids that make up your RNA and your DNA. Now, you're going to have to forgive me. I did not do a lot of research on this to remember the names, but there are three amino acids that are pretty common in plant foods. There is one amino acid that is extremely rare in plants, and for you to be able to get all four of those amino acids, you've heard people talk about a complete protein. That's what they're talking about. It's got all four of the essential amino acids. In order to get a complete protein, you have to consume very specific combinations of different plants in order to produce a complete protein. If you do not do that, you are not getting the proteins that... They, they say that they're essential for life, and that is exactly what they are. You will die without getting these essential amino acids. 
plants are a very poor source of amino acids. You know what is a good source of amino acids? Animals. And just as important as the amino acids, and I get a lot of pushback on this because people don't believe me, your body needs fat to function properly. Now, you can go a pretty good while on a completely lean diet before you start having any health issues from it, but your body needs fat, which is one of the reasons that vegans and vegetarians all love avocados so much. Now, part of that is that avocados are just good. I enjoy avocados, but the other reason is that avocados are pretty much, maybe not the only, but one of the very, very few plant-based foods that contains fat. Avocados have a pretty high percentage of fat in the seed pod. That's part of the reason it's got such a creamy consistency, why it tastes so savory when you turn it into guacamole. It's because there is fat in the avocado, and it's one of the only plants that has that. When I say that we need fat for our bodies to function properly, again, that's not hyperbole. That is the absolute truth. There is actually a phenomenon And again, this is something from the pages of history. You just don't see it very much anymore. But there are a lot of stories from the frontier days in America, and I'm sure in other parts of the world, where people were moving into unsettled territory or get stranded out in the wilderness. Uh, One of the things that survivalists learn very quickly is that rabbits are extremely easy to trap. They're plentiful. It's a good source of food if you're in a survival situation or when people move way out into a into a frontier and they're out there all alone they'll eat a lot of rabbits just because they're they're easy to catch and there's a ton of them if you're only eating rabbits there is a phenomenon known as rabbit starvation and what we have seen time and time again is somebody you know they're stranded out in the woods they're out there for months it's in the winter the only thing that they can get is rabbits and they're catching rabbits they're cooking them they're eating them they're not going hungry and they die of malnutrition It's because rabbits have so little fat in them. It's such a lean meat that even though you're you're getting full every night, you've got all the protein in the world that your body could use, it does not get the fat that it needs to function properly. And if you eat just rabbits long enough, you will die of malnutrition even though you're stuffing yourself every night with those three or four rabbits you caught that day. So there you go, vegans. You just eating something is not enough. Your body needs specific nutrients, specific substances, and if you don't get them, things will start to go awry pretty quickly. Now, vegans should be aware of this because there has been a huge proliferation of vitamin and dietary supplements aimed specifically at people that are eating a vegan diet. Now, I'm not stupid. A lot of that is predatory marketing. You know, they see a a niche in the market and they're going to try to fill it. But the other side of that coin is vegans need dietary supplements because they're not getting the things that their body needs. Now, let's get to the elephant in the room. The closing argument of any vegan that you have discussion with is that their lifestyle does not kill animals. It does not exploit animals. It is 100% animal-friendly way to live, and no animal is harmed in me having my quinoa salad every day of the week. Well, vegans, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but there is plenty of blood on your hands. I don't care if you just have bread and iceberg lettuce for the rest of your life. You are killing a lot of animals to get those things into your grocery cart. 
and let me explain what I'm talking about. You cannot plow a field, run a disker through it, plant wheat or corn or barley or rye or whatever it is that you're planting, and then come through with these giant industrial threshing and harvesting machines and not kill just tons and tons and tons of animals doing that. Now, the deaths are incidental to what you're doing, but that does not mean that they are not happening. I come across an article by a Stephen Davis. He's a biologist at the Oregon State University, and he got himself in a little hot water with the vegan and vegetarian communities by pointing out how many animals get killed in the process of farming. I'm reading from the article here. This is a quote from uh, Mr. Davis. Nobody's hands are free from the blood of other animals, not even vegetarians. Millions of animals are killed every year to prepare land for growing crop, excuse me, crops like corn, soybean, wheat, and barley, the staples of a vegan diet. The animals in this case are mice and moles and rabbits and other creatures that are run over by the tractors or lose their habitat to make way for farming, so they are not as visible as cattle. But any disruption of the land, whether to be farm or to build subdivisions, reduces the amount of land left for other animals, resulting in the deaths of many. Now, I agree with everything Mr. Davis said there, uh, except for one little sentiment there at the end. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Because, of course, after he came out with this article or this study, uh, the vegan and the vegetarian communities just went insane. Now, he said not everybody has been aggressive or mean. Uh, He says that vegetarians tend to be well-educated, sensitive, and thoughtful folks. Well, I'm not sure about the thoughtful. Um, I'm sure they're well-educated, and they may be very nice people. Uh, But thoughtful, I don't know that I buy that, because the argument on this particular issue from the vegan and the vegetarians is that, yeah, but that happens one time. As a matter of fact, here's a quote from somebody with a vegan society in California. Uh, This is something we've been aware of for a long time, admits Jack Norris, president of Vegan Outreach in Davis, California. It's obvious that some animals die when their land is taken away for farming, but you take it away only once. It doesn't lead to the continuous slaughter of animals for human consumption. Okay, can anybody see the fallacy in that statement? You don't take open, uninhabited land and turn it into a farm, and then that's all you've got to do to it for the rest of your life. Fields have to be prepared, planted, and harvested every year. And every time you do that, You are running over small animals with the tractor, with the machinery, uh, rabbits, snakes, frogs, mice, moles. So I'm sure it feels good for these vegetarians to tell themselves that it's a a one-time deal and then we can put all that in the rearview mirror. But no, this goes on every single year, spring, summer, and fall. And as bad as it is in the spring and the summer when you're planting the crops and maintaining, doing like sprays to keep pests down... Nothing compares to what happens in those fields when you pull out those big harvesters and the combines. Because guess what, vegans? That machine does not care if you are a stalk of barley or if you are a grouse or a mouse or a rabbit or a pheasant or any other ground-dwelling animal. It's going to pull you in and it is going to smash that animal into a little bitty paste and it is going into the hopper with the grains. I have heard an interview from a farmer saying that the most disgusting thing that he has to do each year on the farm is clean his combine harvester out because he said it is just a half a day of scraping frog and animal guts off the inside of that combine harvester. 
And he said, it is disgusting what you find inside those things after you harvest a field. I have personally spoken to a farmer that said every year when he cuts his fields for hay in the fall, it is extremely unusual that he does not have to go back and put deer out of their misery. Because when you cut hay, or at least the machine he uses, it's like a uh, sickle bar mower. And the sickles of the cutting bar stick out about 15 feet to either side of the tractor. And as he's going through that hay field, the deer will try to just stand still and let the tractor go past them. Well, the tractor is going past them, but that sickle bar that's sticking out behind it will cut through that deer's legs just as easily as, as it does the stalks of hay. And so what happens is you have deer in the fields that have had all four legs chopped off, and he has got to go back and put these poor animals out of their misery. Now, there's nothing you can do to stop that. There is no amount of preparation before you harvest that can get every animal out of that field. It's simply not possible. It happens every single time a crop is harvested. Some of that animal material and blood is getting into the food. There's no way to clean all of that off. So you can sit there and claim to be vegan all you want to. You are consuming animal material. It's not intentional, but you are eating it. So drop the holier-than-thou act. I know it's not your intention to eat those animals, and it is minute amount, but you are killing animals to eat your meals. Now, I understand when I sit down and have a steak or fried chicken, or this Saturday when I sit down and start carving into that Christmas ham, I am very well aware that an animal gave its life for that meal to wind up on my table. Hell, in some instances, I have had a direct hand in taking that animal's life to get the meal on my table. I understand that I am killing something in order to eat. That is nature's way. I don't mean to sound like some drunken hillbilly on a rant about communist leftists, but that is the natural order of things. The difference here in my mind is that at least I am consuming the animal that gave its life. You are killing multiple animals so that you can eat something else. All right, guys, that is about all I've got for you today. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please consider dropping a like and sending me a comment. As always, you can send a comment to thefreshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com, or you can go to the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. And if you're really enjoying what I'm doing here, please consider giving me a subscription. That would be very much appreciated. As always, guys, I appreciate you sitting with me. It does mean a lot to me. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope everyone is getting ready for Christmas and getting into the spirit. And I will talk to you again on Friday. Thank you very much. <music>